podcast mm-hmm. that is Skaloon, the most amazing being on the face of this planet uh and and that lovely being who just spoke the loveliest voice on earth is ash i love my most amazing friend <laughs> i love how you say it's the most amazing voice on earth when i truly think you have the best voice no 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 i think you have the best voice listen, listen you could talk to me for hours and I don't even have to talk back and I'll just be like yes so basically yes. sometimes half of our podcasts just storytelling yes I just I get in I get entrapped in your voice I just want to listen to it I'm sorry <laughs> it's okay I get entrapped in your stories and your voice and I also just get wrapped up in talking so it's kind of like that's a true win 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 situation it's a win, 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 win. <laughs> mm-hmm. How are you today? I am still sick, but I'm doing better. How are you? Aww. I am feeling pretty good. I'm very tired. It's just been a rainy, cold weekend, which is really weird since Friday it was 80 degrees almost, and then this weekend immediately after it turned into like 40s so very confusing yeah but weather doesn't know what it wants to do no it doesn't so very very happy i'll talk about it more in my schoonful for the day but (laughs) my friend finally got her delivery that i've been trying to send to her for the past two months and her reaction was just the most amazing thing so that was that was also a highlight of my day but i just this week was just lazing around not really doing much just regular work did you did you do anything fun this week um well i have another nerdy listen when i'm not doing podcasts i'm being a nerd perfect <laughs> That's what you got to know about me but uh somebody got me back into the, like the Yu-Gi-Oh card thing so I've been spending all my time opening card packs. Like actual card packs? No, no, no. Like on a, on a virtual game so I don't have to spend money. That's okay. That's what I was going to say because I was thinking no, no. that the card That's packs. That's expensive. Yeah. All the card packs themselves are super expensive because wasn't there like a huge Pokemon like trading card? explosion not too long ago and people were fighting over pokemon card packs stores were limiting yeah how much you could buy like it was like a whole there's like scalpers yeah scalpers fake yeah. fake packages all the stuff so that's... it's crazy i do i do collect real life pokemon cards but i don't spend very much money on them i definitely think it's a different thing overall when it's Versus playing an actual game versus collecting something. I feel like our generation collecting Pokemon cards was the same thing as like people 20 to 30 years older than us who were collecting baseball cards. 
True. Same principle, honestly. Yeah. I don't know. I just like card games. I think they're very interesting. It's just a lot of rules, and you're like, how'd you come up with this? You have, like, 300-plus cards. How'd you come up where you can, like, mismatch them, and then it still works? Well, regular card games themselves are just super crazy, and some of them are so difficult, and then some of them are really easy, like Slapjack, where you slap yeah. the cards <laughs> where there's a jack. So... It's it's just incredible how people can just come up with a game out of their mind instead of just being like, oh, well, we'll just roll a die and move things around. And if they like it, they like it. Like they add different elements to it. They add attacks or defenses, traps, tricks, magic. So it's all really cool at the end of the day. Yeah, that's wild. But yeah, I've just, I've just been being a nerd the whole week and trying to recover because my voice... Uh, it was gone for like two days and it started to go out this morning, but it came back, thankfully. Well, you sound great. Have you been drinking tea to help your, your I, throat? Kinda. I haven't really been on it as much because I've just been laying, <laughs> but yeah. Well, I mean, just always make remember, just for any of those out there who always think like drinking hot tea when your throat is sore is the best idea. Sometimes it's really not because your throat's inflamed <laughs> and you don't want to add heat to something that's already hot and swollen. So little piece of advice yes. from my nurse practitioner when they were helping me out. But drinking, just drinking anything with like a little bit of tea or sweetness, a little bit of honey or sweetness is always going to be better overall. And obviously water to hydrate. So, But as long as <laughs> you're feeling better, that's all that matters. I've been having a lot of cold teas. I have, I have, I have my cold teas and my, my slushies and whatnot. So they've been cooling my throat down. Are you a juice person when you're sick? Juice? Um. So I was kind of forced to be a ju- a juice person when I'm sick. Mm. My dad always said like the easiest way to get over being sick is to have like seventeen glasses of orange juice in a row. Just chain those bad boys. So <laughs> that was like our remedy growing up was just like a whole bunch of juice. That's too much juice see in a row. <laughs> That's literally like drinking a gallon of orange juice. <laughs> no, I know. I understand the thought process behind it because you want the vitamin C, you want the citrus, but that's way too much juice. Cram a lot of juice in you. There you go. He's like, I forged this juice from 1,000 oranges, nectarines, a little bit of lemon, a little bit of lime. <laughs> you won't catch scurvy, that's for sure. <laughs> to be fair, he's one of those people that, like, they want something done quick. Like, I caught him before trying to make, like, pizza rolls in the oven, cranked up to, like, 700 so they'd be done quicker. Oh my god, no! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get an air fryer! My guy. <laughs> I'm gonna buy you an air fryer just so you can give it to no, your I dad. Haven't. Then why is he using an oven for 700 degrees? <laughs> oh. I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand his logic. Your dad just sounds like the most impatient person in the world. Like he wants it done the best way because obviously pizza rolls in the oven are the greatest way maybe not as great as the air fryer but he was like i don't want microwave bullshit i want the oven crispiness but he didn't <laughs> want to wait for that timetable to go around he was like if it's 
350 for 35 minutes and I increase it <laughs> 400 degrees, it'll take yeah. four minutes. Yeah. And also, just just so we cover all the all the uh, the genres of pizza rolls, <laughs> I kind of like it with the microwave. Why? <laughs> Why? Why? I mean, I can't be mad only because that's how I grew up with them. It wasn't until I realized that on the cooking instructions you could put them in the oven i thought they were like a microwave only kind of thing oh yeah so when i put them in the oven i was like oh they come out like crispy and i'm i'm a crispy yeah. person i like the, the slight crunch that they get when they're in the oven so i like squishy pizza rolls see not gonna lie hot and squishy that I makes like sense it. that makes sense then you cook all your pizza way. rolls are valid except when you put them in the oven at 700, think they're going to be done in four minutes. Yes. Don't do that. All pizza rolls are valid until you try to burn them with the intensity of a thousand suns. <laughs> yeah. They don't, they don't need to be that hot. It'll be okay. I can just imagine him like one day being like, all right, well, the fastest way last time was a grill. And he just throws them like on foil <sighs> on a grill. Yeah. It's like, charcoal, that bad boy. Just tosses them in with all the charcoal. So he's like, oh, look, oh, they're slightly no. burnt. It's fine. Oh, no. <laughs> Get him done on a campfire. It'd be great. Disrespect to the pizza roll. Speaking of pizza rolls, do you like mm -hmm. bagel bites? Okay, here's my take on bagel bites. Oh. I don't like the ones from the store. We used to have ones in our school that was like an actual bagel. With pizza stuff on it and they were slapping they were so good but the ones from the store the little ones i hate them is it because whenever you pick them up you're like i used to eat four of you but they were all in one <laughs> and it was a real bagel <laughs> it was a real but i don't know they just like they the the sauce tastes weird to me in the store-bought ones it's probably a little bit more sugary, to be honest, only yeah. because of not necessarily processing, but also due to like preservatives and the freezing and everything. So they probably have a little bit more sweetness in it, whereas they had a, not as sweet in the actual one. I mean, school lunches were pretty bomb. So the fact that you had yeah, pizza bagels, I never had those. But the fact that you had oh, them was pretty great. Ash will make them one day. Perfect. I seen how to do it in the air fryer, and I was so happy. I need to get an air fryer. I say I yeah. talk all sorts of crap about air fryers and how amazing they are. <laughs> I don't have one, but I've had friends that had one, and man, they're nice. Yeah, they're really nice. I, I would really enjoy the breakfast pizza that you would get from school. The one that it was like, Ooh. it was really weird, and it probably wasn't like as great as like I'm remembering it but it was sausage it was those eggs it was cheese and it had like a really thin like biscuit crust on the bottom or like pizza crust on the bottom yeah. and it was so good and it had like a really nice cream sauce i don't know what the cream sauce was i don't remember it i'm sure that if i try googling like a copycat recipe and just type in shitty but amazing school lunch <laughs> breakfast pizza i'd probably find something similar but nothing modern or like adult version 
that I found has tasted like that pizza, and I'm a little sad about it. It's it's very hard. I don't know. I don't know what they do. Like when I was in school, the hot dogs tasted way better than the hot dogs I find nowadays. We had like an egg sausage biscuit thing that they made that tasted amazing. Oh my god, and just so like good. all the food that I've ever had at lunch was so good, and I could yeah. never find it again. I remember. There was, obviously pizza day was like a huge thing because they would order pizza from like Papa John's or Pizza Hut. Like they actually ordered pizza out and they didn't just have it in the school. But there was always a line where it was the lunch of the day. So my school was one of those where I was the second class that was able to go from ninth grade to 12th grade and it was like a brand new school it had opened up like two years prior to me going there so it was really really cool and there was regular school lunch line then you had the burgers line you had the chicken line there was a salad line and then there was like the special meal of the day line which was just another version of the school lunch but there was this baked potato, cubed chicken, broccoli, cream, cheese, and like a regular like cheddar sauce that they poured all over and it was topped with like bacons and scallions. It was my favorite thing to eat. I always ask for extra of like this, the chicken broccoli stuffing, like sauce mixture. And it was so good. And I've, again, Never been able to find anything quite like it, and I've always been mad about it. I can't even make it because the fact yeah. that it had it just had a little extra something. I don't know. <laughs> head crack. Uh, but had did your school have those little? They always brought them out during like Christmas time, but they were like little Dixie cups, and they put like uh cheesecake stuffed in it. They did like little treats. So no, they just put like a little graham cracker and some cheesecake mix and cheese yeah. sauce and they're like here you go i i don't i can't specifically remember like that i don't know if it's because i just never ate it or never was in the line for it but my school did have every wednesday there was a donut shop that was like pretty popular in the town every wednesday they would mm-hmm. just bring donuts and we could buy them for 50 cents per donut it was like whole donuts like a whole donut like think Whoa. think crispy cream donuts but from like a small bakery and they were still really good really fresh and you literally would just go up and it was in the middle of the courtyard and they would arrive like an hour before the bell rang so you would just run up and grab as many donuts as you can for how much money you have. Hopefully your favorite donut was still there. And hopefully you could oh eat God. it before you got to class. It was so good. 50 cents. Mm-hmm. The deal. Yeah. That is a steal on donuts. And that is why I now eat and look the way I do. Cozy. What? Beautiful? Shh. Cozy. Beautiful. Stuff. Beautiful and cozy. You're beautiful and cozy. No, you beautiful and cozy. <laughs> I also try to eat, you know, pretty <laughs> regularly, and I'm very stingy about my donuts. I think that's why. Like, I, you have to be a good donut. Like, Krispy Kreme, yeah. I'll eat very rarely, but I have to get them when they're fresh. Otherwise, no go. I feel like I'm not really a donut person. I'm more of a bagel person. I like bagels. Are you more of a savory, like, savory person overall? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I am a food person. 
So I'm in the mood for a particular thing at that time. So like today, I, see. I wanted a milkshake. I was like, a milkshake will make me feel better mentally, emotionally, and hopefully physically. I want a milkshake. That's it. Yes. I worked everything else oh, around man. it. But that's what Last I wanted. The milkshake I had was like for St. Patrick's Day, one of those mint milkshakes. Ooh. Mm-hmm. They're really good. Arby's has an orange cream milkshake. Recommend. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. It's only seasonal though, so you can't just get it at any time. Oh, summertime maybe? Yes. I think it's that like late spring, early summer, I want to say. Ah. It's still delicious either way. But I'll be on the lookout for it. Sounds great. Yes. Or the uh, the peppermint shakes that people usually get. Oh, they're so good. Yeah. Mm. I know one year for October, Arby's had a pumpkin oh. cheesecake shake. And it was delicious. I feel like pumpkin cheesecake things can get very overwhelming because of the cheesecake flavor. But just in general, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, a whole left turn. Guess what show just came out on Netflix? <laughs> what? Murderville. Murderville? Yes. It's the one with uh, the cop and, like, every partner that he has, because he has a new one every day, is a guest celebrity who improvs their whole script. Oh. So everyone else knows what the hell they're going to talk about, but that one character. And it's incredible looking i'm so excited that it's finally out we have to start watching that together yes yes please that sounds amazing i believe it just released on netflix not too long ago i literally think three days ago i want to say um and it is with will arnett and there's people like lillen bowden hanifa wood and i just it's so great looking and I can't wait to actually see the first episode. I've just seen trailers, so. That sounds great. I like I like shows where somebody's left in the dark. But... Right? Kind of like they don't know what's happening, but they understand the assignment that they have to complete. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. First episode is Conan O'Brien. Oh, yes. Ooh, Conan O'Brien. Conan O'Brien. Ken Jeong is in an episode. Oh. Oh. Oh, Yes. Yep, we definitely have to watch this soon. Very excited. Yes. <laughs> Other than that, I don't think there's been anything more that's either popped up or uh, I know the Body in the Snow documentary about the last one that we did. I really want to watch that still. And then there's movies about my uh, murder today that I really mm-hmm. want to watch. I know we talked about watching the Zodiac killer so i'm really looking forward to that too whenever we can yeah we've been we've been busy bees been busy bees we've been not that i'm we've also been sick bees <laughs> we've also been sick bees now that i'm mad about it i'm a little sad that like our watch party day has turned into recording day and again i'm not i'm not sad about it because we're definitely doing something that i think we both thoroughly enjoy but i'm yeah. also like i just want to relax Anything more that we should talk about? Anything more that's rattling in that little brain of yours? Not little as in little. I just mean like you're a tiny. You're a teenage person. <laughs> Sorry. My one one brain cell. Listen. Brain. <laughs> it's okay. I fully embrace my one brain cell life. I protect it at all costs because it's the only one I have. I understand that. But um, no. 
I think. Oh, you have tea today? <gasps> I do have tea. I forgot. I have Tension Tamer. Ooh. It's from Celestial Teas. It's one of those where you drink it and it's obviously it helps you out with however you're feeling and everything of that nature. Um, mm-hmm. It is one of those where it generally makes me feel better. It has like a little dragon on the front of it, which I think is the cutest thing. Um, it is made out of peppermint, some cinnamon, ginger, chamomile, obviously, catnip. So my cats, every time I drink this tea, try to get in my teacup <laughs> and a little bit of... The cute. Yes, they're obsessed with it. And it has a little bit of <laughs> licorice in it, which I thought was pretty cool. But oh. yeah, it just makes me feel very cozy, very relaxed. And the fact that it has chamomile just gets me ready for bedtime. So yeah, nice, nice, nice sleepy tea, cozy mood. Oh, for sure. Celestial teas are really good. If you haven't looked at them, they're a great store brand. For sure. Yeah. Get yourself some good tea, people. Good tea. Listen, still not sponsored, but David's teas are really great. In general, if you want, like, <laughs> mixed flavors, like, again, pumpkin chai. Then they had a blueberry waffle one. Sweet potato oh, pie. That so good. That's what I'm saying. They've got yeah. some good random ones. Um, but if you want a good <laughs> bagged tea and you don't want any muss or fuss, Celestial is really, really good. Yeah. So this week, I do believe you are first. Oh, since we did our dear Cool Ranch relative of Bigfoot, I thought we could visit another relative of a well-known cryptid, the Loch Ness Monster relative, the Cadborosaurus Wilsey. Ooh, I don't think I know (laughs) anything about her. (laughs) Other... Uh, or otherwise known as Caddy. Caddy? Oh, I kind of prefer Caddy over Nessie. I'm not gonna lie. It, it's very cute. I like how they have, like, little, little Nicky names. <laughs> so cute. Also, side note, <laughs> I kind of sort of knew about Caddy, and I was really excited to find her again, um, with the information floating around, but we were trying to figure out what to do this podcast. Is there, and I found her and I was like, yes. Is there ever a cryptid that you don't know about? Yeah. I, I, I didn't know about um, the, the the boy I sent you. The little snow worm. Oh, yeah. Our little He's tremor so friend. Yeah, I like him. Yes, hopefully he'll get his day. Oh, He's he very should. cute. He's gonna get his day. They all will get their day. But um, remember how we were talking about we should make little drawings of uh, Bigfoot and the Yeti with their Doritos yes. uh, respective chips? I kind of want to make Nessie and Caddy with like cute little flowers on their head. Oh, that would be so cute. so cute. Like they have little friendship bracelets for each other because they're yeah. just, they're those cousins that are almost like sisters, but they're not sisters. Yeah. That's my head canon for that. I, know, I love it so much. <laughs> but our our caddy is an alleged sea monster said to roam around the Pacific coast, described to be about 40 to 70 feet long, serpent-like, 
with vertical coils or humps that drag behind a long neck and a camel-like head. It has small front flippers and a large hind flipper like that of a seal. There are small variations in detail. Some report that it has a smooth back. Some say it has a mane and it is said to be in the shades of green and brown. It's, it's pretty much uh, a Nessie. But instead of like having like a horsey type head, it's a camel head. I mean, Which I thought it was very silly, and I like. It. I'm not mad about it at all. <laughs> I'm just it's imagining so a camel, like, kind of sitting in the middle of some large <laughs> body of water. Like, all you see is the head and neck, and they're like, "What is that, Jim?" And Jim like zooms in on his Polaroid camera, and he's like, "By gosh, Mary." It's a camel in the Atlantic Ocean. What is it doing I'm there? Cutter. He's just in there chewing, doing this little thing that they do with their mouth goes side to side. Yes. And then it just kind of like just spits. <laughs> it just it just chews its grass and just spits it out and they're all confused and then it does like a leap in the air and then they're even more confused cuz now it's like a body of a whale essentially and they're like I don't Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> I like to think that it's just chilling out there with his neck above water, and it just looks at him, and does a few chews, and just goes boink, and then just like sleeps underwater real quick. Just, just like an elevator like, down. What? He's just, mm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be perfect. That's your new <laughs> gift. You. That's your new gift to create. Oh, God. I have so many on my list that I need to make. <laughs> Coming soon. There have been more than 300 claims of sightings of Caddy, but the one thing that is uh, pretty cool about the sightings, most cryptids don't have this, and that all the sightings are very consistent with each other. Sightings um, during the past 200 years have come from everywhere, places such as Deep Cove, Island View Beach, Cadboro Bay on the Sandwich Peninsula, British Columbia, and also at Frances France and San Francisco, <laughs> California. An image fitting Caddy's description has been used traditionally on canoes throughout Alaska, and is said to be used on the canoes to keep the creature away. But this also implies that Caddy, or Caddy-like creatures, uh, move north when the waters are warm. In the book, Cadobrosaurus. I already forgot how to say that word. <laughs> Survive from the deep. Dr. Paul LeBlond and Dr. Edward Boosfield point out that there are multiple petroglyphs from Native Americans found around the Slasha Sea. One is located on the Nana Morrow River in British Columbia and depicts a long creature with a dragon-like head, very similar to the appearance descriptions of Caddy. The Manhouse people from the Sydney Inlet area, also um, British Columbia, had stories about a creature described very much like a sea serpent. And other Slash Sea area native people um, had a very similar creature also in their stories. So all these people from like way back when um, in their stories have like the same description of creature, pretty much. And it was one of those where the creature basically was being sighted in the same collective areas. It's not yeah. all over the place. Hmm. Yeah. A report 
um, from the same book in 1870, 1897 states that they saw ahead of them what they thought was a piece of driftwood. Getting closer, they noticed it was moving towards them, and then they could see an object sticking out of, out of the water about two feet high. Within a few feet of it, the end uncoiled and raised out of the water. It was a long neck, about five feet, with the head like a snake on it. A lawyer and his wife were on a cruise one, one day in 1933, described seeing a horrible serpent with the head of a camel. A year later, two fishermen saw two similar monsters swimming around the bay, one about six, 60 feet long and the other half its size. So it is, is, there's more than one. It has like a whole family. It's a baby. It's a baby. That would be amazing. It's a baby caddy. Yeah. Another pair of hunters, um, Mr. Andros and Mr. Goreson, I'm sorry for pronouncing names wrong, were hunting ducks just north of San Juan Islands on the Canadian side of the border when they shot and wounded a duck. It went down in the water and swam itself into a bed of kelp, and the two hunt hunters moved to retrieve their duck when they saw a head of a sea monster raised nearby before disappearing underneath the water. It started to disappear and reappear, getting closer and closer to the wounded duck. He described the head similar to a horse, but without ears or nostrils. They also seen a couple coils rise out from the water behind it, submerging again after a while. When they were about ten feet away from the injured duck, the head poked out and gulped the bird down its throat. They said it looked at them, its mouth wide open, and they could plainly see its teeth and tongue, which were that of a fish, serrated. Uh, when it closed its mouth, all the loose skin folded neatly back in the corners, and its breathing came out in short pants, kind of like a dog, uh, after a run. After consuming the ducks, gulls descended, and the caddy creature snapped at them before vanishing underwater. This has also been said about other encounters. People have seen a strange caddy-like creature um, battling ducks. So, he's got a snack on some ducks. That sounds terrifying. Like... Isn't it? Can <laughs> you... Have you ever seen that fish with just rows and rows and rows of teeth? Yeah. That... A, a barracuda? No. Maybe? I don't think so. It's literally like a big... If I remember correctly, it's a big, big fish. Not necessarily a barracuda, but it has rows of teeth. There's also one with human teeth, and we'll get into that a whole different day. Ugh. But... Ugh. Exactly. But there's... No. Something about this one fish that has just, I think it's like three or four rows of teeth. Like its whole mouth is just serrated teeth. And that's all I'm imagining is kind of like a snake camel-esque head where he just opens up his big dumb mouth. And like it kind of does almost like a predator thing. And it's just yeah. teeth. And I, well, yeah. that's nightmare fuel. It's true. At least it seems to only want the ducks. It could have went after the hunters. The um the absolute closest sighting of Caddy was taken in um 1939 by Captain Paul Sherby. He said, "We were heading north, and about 30 miles offshore, we saw this thing standing about four feet out of the water. So I headed over there towards it and took a look at it." 
At first I thought it looked like a polar bear with its with the ruffles of hair. When we got right up alongside it and the water was crystal clear the water was crystal clear there and there was just this column of this thing going up at least forty feet with huge eyes. I had a Newfoundlander as a mate and he said, Do you see the eyes on him? Mouth and nose. I have no recollection at all. I just see those big eyes, and those eyes seem to open from top to bottom. So he's just staring this thing in the face. So big much. Old, big old uh, peepers. So much looking at him. Fuel. That's so scary. Because, like, okay, so <laughs> I was on TikTok the other day, of course, of course. And you know those big birds? I have to look up what they're called. But they're, like, they're very tall, and they have the big beaks. Uh, you mean the harpy? Have you ever played the Zelda games? Are you talking about the harpy? The harpy bird? Maybe. Like, he's huge, and he looks he's like... He's huge. The ones from... Yeah, 90% sure it's yeah, called yeah, a yeah. harpy. Yeah. And they're yeah. massive. Yes. Yeah. I was... There's a there's a, uh, a TikTok of one getting really close to the guy that was fum- filming, and he had huge eyes. And I was like, this isn't a real animal. How is this a real animal? <laughs> this is scary. There's so many creatures yeah, I just... that I find to be something that should not exist in this world. Like, for example, that yeah. bird. What does that bird do? I have no idea what that bird does in its natural... I'm sure it's got something, but in its natural state, what does it do? There's... Yeah. There's... I think its nickname is the Slenderman Jellyfish, where... <gasps> yeah. Right? Like, they just recently mm-hmm. found it a few years ago, and he's got arms. It's like a regular jellyfish head, but then it's got arms out of the bottom of it that bend at a 90-degree angle, and it just is, like, feet and feet and feet long. And yeah. it literally just drags its little tendrils across the sand on the bottom of the ocean floor, and then its stinger is, like, incredibly paralyzing it's almost like instant death and what's the point of having that jellyfish in the in the water what yeah. does it do it's just he's just hanging out there down there in the deep it's just, right crazy. doesn't affect us in any way it's truly just doing whatever it's doing on the bottom of the floor and if it's going to be like oh well overpopulation of fish no we already fish too much as is so what do you mean <laughs> overpopulation of fish or yeah the uh, my partner talked about it the other day and by other day I mean like three months ago where it's the tongue parasite in fish oh the yeah. one where it'll wiggle in and it will rip the tongue out of fish Ugh. and then it I just got all kinds of right? <laughs> I what purpose do these animals cease to exist I don't they don't they're not beneficial that I'm aware of. Yeah. Any biologists even like... out there want to tell me I'm wrong, please do so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or even like bot flies and stuff like that. Like, why? Right. Right. Bot what flies. What is their purpose? Especially bot flies. What do they do? They're just cruel. They're just cruel. They just find flesh ticks, and make a home. Ticks are another one. Fleas are another one. Ticks. They're pests. That's literally what their Mosquitoes. name is. Why are you a pest? Well, mosquitoes, they're, like, a huge bio-food source for, like, bats and stuff. So, like, even though we hate them, like, they Mm. do serve a purpose. Mm. I don't know. (laughs) All right. For the bats. 
Love for bugs. The let, let me just point. Love bugs. I live in Florida, where we have summer one, which is pre-summer, where it's not as hot, but not cold. And then we have summer two, when it's sweat and balls, just Satan's butthole. And then we have love bug season in the middle of that. And that's this whole season. And then we have summer three, which is like, it's still really hot, but it's kind of chilly, like for a week. So love bugs are just everywhere for like two months out of the year. And I have no idea what they're there for. They literally just have bug sex on my car until I run them over (laughs) in my car because I'm driving on the freeway. They're pointless. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. No, sorry. I'm just trying to no, 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 no. think of other things besides the nightmare that you will give me later today. Sorry. What do you mean? Okay, so the, the descriptions always sound scary, right? I just, I just imagine this cute camel esque. The camel part is cute. Thing. Yeah. yeah. The camel part, I think, is super cute. The rose and rose serrated teeth. The predator face. Not so cute. Not so no, good. no, no. He's, he's just Caddy's just a big friend. Needs hug. I'd hug it. Yeah, come, come to me, and then we'd bond, and then it'd be like. And then I find you in the La Brea tar pits as a discarded <laughs> meal. <laughs> I, if that's if that's my destiny for loving on Caddy, then so be it. Please make sure you write a will before you leave. Um... <laughs> All of your Pokemon cards will come to me. Okay, that sounds fair. That sounds fair. On one condition, you can't tell me you told you so ever. You, <laughs> you won't even know. Me. You'll be you'll be no, in the bottom the of condition. a pit. I'll, I'll haunt you. All right, all right. Well, what if I want that scaloon? Oh, you're right. Can I? Can you give me a cute plushie to haunt? That'd be really nice. <gasps> I. We'll purposely find you a jackalope plushie to haunt. Oh. Or a mothman. You take your pick. Thank you. You can bounce. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> oh, amazing. Okay. Get yourself a friend that will give you a cute jackalope or mothman plushie after you die to haunt. If I was going to haunt anything, it would probably be that. That's true. But, uh, also in 1953... Ten different people claim to see the same creature, all from different angles in the same area. But uh, when when people are taking their statements, not even one of them contradict the other's description of what they all saw that day. In 1968, um, W. Huge Lud claimed to have caught a small two-foot baby caddy while fishing on John's Island, and then he returned it back into the water so it could live its life and grow up and hunt ducks and get hugs from me islander lisa lake which is a cool name that's like a superhero name it's got the the double letter lisa lake told uh lois lane peter parker move over lois lane it's lisa lake coming in yeah (laughs) so it was aquaman's daughter oh i don't remember Um, that's like the one that i don't remember that's kind of frustrating who aquaman his daughter. Oh, I don't know. I was just saying, I don't know. I don't know. I'm a Marvel person. I really pay attention. Hell yeah. Yeah, let's go. DC discontinued. Discontinued. Just kidding. We love DC. Don't, don't love me a good Batman. 
Batman Returns. Yeah, Batman. Not a Batman and Superman. I hate Superman. I'm going to erase I all also of this. Superman. I hate Superman oh so much. Oh my god. I hate, I hate Superman so much. He's the stupidest. <laughs> I literally was like, wow, you put on glasses and you are just a whole different person. Wow. Yeah, I know, right? Stop a speeding bullet. Wow. You're so. S means hope in your alienation that you don't remember anything of because you were a baby that you <laughs> came to Earth. Wow. God, I hate wow. Superman. <laughs> you. You're afraid of a rock. Uh, no. <laughs> You're afraid of a rock. <laughs> oh, a shiny gemstone. It's true. Oh. My, I, oh God, real quick. Have you, do you remember the, um, how it should have ended series on YouTube? Yes. I don't remember a lot of it. They're basically just like, they draw, like they animate like different endings of different movies and stuff. And they did one about Batman versus Superman, where they were both like, Your mother's name was Martha. Yeah. My my mother died. My mother also died. Best friends. And, like, they just skip around and do <laughs> shit. And I was like, this is fucking awful. I hate this movie. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Lisa Lake told LeBlanc, the, the, the dude who wrote the book about Caddy, all about her sightings of a strange creature in the 2000s that matched Caddy's description. She said, I don't believe in these things, but I've seen it. She said all kinds of things passed by her waterfront home, logs, porpoises, sea lions, otters, and even orcas. But this thing was strange, an elongated creature that she said she was very disturbed by. It had this kind of S-type shape, very narrow though, with what looked like the head of a horse with a drooping snoot coming off the nose and it had humps behind it she said it stood there for a while and then it started to sink and then the tail did this whip thing and it was gone she goes on to say the creature even returned around her house a year later fisherman kelly nash filmed several minutes of footage featuring 10 to 15 creatures in nuska bay a very short segment of this footage was shown on the discovery tv show where the Hillstrad brothers from Deadly's Catch apparently saw Nash's footage and unsuccessfully attempted to find one of the creatures. And you can find this video on YouTube if you search up Kelly Nash video. And I watched it, and it's it's really it's really cool. <laughs> All the sightings so far of Caddy were very consistent with each other, but there is also physical evidence of a Caddy-like creature swimming out there somewhere in the deep. Despite very little proof of Caddy's existence, many people still believe in them. Suspected sea monsters have washed up on beaches around the world for over many years, but almost all of them have been easy explained. Many are just decomposed sea life that morphed their corpses in an odd way, but one corpse wasn't so easily explained, and this one didn't even wash up on a beach somewhere. It was found in the belly of a sperm whale. In 1937, a whaling station in Vancouver just caught and killed a sperm whale. While cutting it open to remove the, to remove the stomach contents, they came across a 20-foot carcass of an unidentified creature. It was still intact and described reptilian appearance and 10 feet 6 inches in length. With an animal-like vertebrae and tail similar to that of a horse, the head bears resemblance to that of a large dog with features of a horse and his turned-down nose of a camel. The photo was taken of this carcass, and because, 
yeah a photo was taken of this carcass and became the highest evidence of caddy's existence after the photo taken though it became unknown what happened to the carcass <clears throat> which i have pictures i'll show you it's so weird i was gonna cool. say that's, that's how i remembered caddy because i remember seeing those pictures and being like what is this and i was like oh it's like a nessie and then i blinked out of my mind <laughs> that's amazing um, many animals were suggested to be the owner of the carcass but did not overall fit the shape in which the bones were together to this day people are not quite sure if caddy was just stories or if they're actually out there somewhere swimming in the deep the sightings of caddy even inspired a place structure at gyro park they have a little blurb about it called the legend of the sea serpent which says a mystery born in 1930s, a number of reports surfaced sighting a sea monster in Cadbarrow Bay. Witnesses describe it as 10-meter-long serpent with the head of a horse in the early 1930s. A Times newspaper reported affectionately naming it Caddy, short for Cadborosaurus. Caddy has inspired books, even an episode in a television TV show, Mystery Hunters. While well, we have debate on the existence of the actual sea creature for decades, one fact remains. We'll be seeing and enjoying the concrete, cartoon-like, and climbable likeness of Caddy for a long time to come. I got my sources real quick from cryptids.fandom, the tried and true, Wikipedia, blogs, Scientific America, tetzu.com, metrofieldguide.com, timescolonist.com, onlyinyourstate.com, Sansha.com, Signature Parks, GyroPark.com, and OrcaSpirit.com. I'm so happy that there's a camel sea creature just dicking around, just enjoying (laughs) its time with everything and eating ducks. And having babies. And having babies. See, this is why I say, like, if I were to say any cryptid was most likely to be real, it'd be, like, Nessie or, like, a water one, like Caddy, because the ocean's not explored. There's so many deep ends and nook and crannies. Things could just, like, hide down there and then come up once in a while, you know? So, we don't know. Well, that's what I was saying, too. Uh, that, yes, we can we can think about, like, Bigfoot or, you know, Yeti, our cool ranch Dorito man. But at the end of the day, we can effectively search all of the woods. We can effectively search all the mountains. It would take a lot of manpower, but we can effectively do that. The ocean is a whole other bag of potatoes that we really (laughs) can't do because A... The technology that we have is still not to the point where we can effectively go so deep as the actual bottom of the ocean. There is so much just available. And at the same time, say we do it scientifically and we start at one side of the ocean. Like we start off at like east coast of America. As we go through everything... Who's to say that the thing that we're looking for isn't swimming on the west coast of America? And by the time that we get there, it's already on the east. Like, there's no effective way that we can search the ocean or any real body of water for that nature unless we drain it. And that's not going to happen. Right. And, like, if if there was ever... It'll never happen. But if there was an option to drain the ocean, do you know how many terrifying things we would find? Oh, my God. This would be, like, horror soup. First of all, anglerfish are terrifying. So maybe that's the fish that I was thinking of with, like, the serrated teeth and everything. Maybe. Maybe. 
But anglerfish are terrifying. Like I said, there are giant squids. There's those creepy <laughs> slenderman jellyfish. Like, they're all super scary looking. And I don't want to deal with it at the end of the day. I just don't want to deal with it. And I'm okay with having Caddy chill out where they want to chill out. I'm having, you know, I'm having a good time with Nessie where they are. If there's Gordy, if Gordy's out in the world, you know, however many little nicknames are out there, I'm okay with it. They can be there. I would like to be their friend and give them duck carrots. You provide. Like, like you enjoy a carrot. You provide like duck l'orange and you're like, ah, caddy, I knew you've been feasting on a regular duck diet and I wanted to give you a bit of a special delicacy today. <laughs> Enjoy it. You know, you can't get carrots in the ocean. You can't, can't give them carrots. I'll give them carrots. <laughs> and then you effectively and single-handedly kill the ecosystem by feeding carrots to a carnivore. <laughs> no! Perfect. No! It's done. Well, you wanted, Chaos. To get, you wanted to get rid of mosquitoes. Just just tear the whole economy down. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is the way. This is the only way. This is the only way. You all are doomed. You like certain <laughs> foods? I'm a change your diet. It's New Year. Yeah. It's a New Year, <laughs> new diet. New Year. New Year, new caddy. Let's go. New Year, new caddy. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm very happy to have a little play structure of caddy. I'll also send you those pictures. And I kind of want to go <laughs> just to plan. <laughs> we, again, I'm telling you, we should plan like some sort of road trip where obviously the main destination is to visit the Mothman statue and give it beans right. and or touch the butt, specifically the butt. Yes, yes. But we will go and, like, visit other, I don't want to say sighting spots, but, like, other locations of where cryptids are the main deal. Like, the Hodag. Yeah. We can go visit the giant hodag statue in i believe wisconsin we can go check out you know bigfoot's little area and his forest we can we can venture yeah. around so i i think that would be a fun a fun little trip and yeah. be a lot of driving and or flying depending on how we decide to do it but that would be that would be a great post pandemic journey yeah there's there's so many so many places that have like cryptid statues. There's a bunyip statue. There's yeah. a town with a big jackalope statue. I remember the bunyip that you showed me. That thing is terrifying looking too. Bunyip. Little little swamp <laughs> yeah. creature. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well thank you for telling me about Caddy, who I think I like a little bit more than Nessie. I'm not gonna lie. The camel thing just got me going. I can't wait to show you the pictures. They look so derpy and cute, and I love them. I need them. Next, I'm telling you, next next uh, cover art, just Nessie and, and <laughs> Caddy just having a girl's day. Yeah. Are you ready? I'm ready. For a tale that is very gruesome, upsetting, obviously, and spans two decades. Ooh. Oh, yes. I am going to tell you about the grim sleeper 
who terrorized Los Angeles, California in the 1980s and 2000s. I will read my credits at the end because there's a surprise that I want to tell you. Um, Just because I know the last story that I did about Joanna Yeats, you were a little little upset about a certain piece of evidence. And I will say it kind of makes a comeback. So... I'm so excited. All right. Do we find out? Do we find out the dog got fed? Wait. <laughs> Even better. The dog oh, helps. Oh, so Okay, okay, okay. <clears throat> <gasps> 1980s, Los Angeles, California. A time where designer brands were a must. Colors were bright and bold. Los Angeles was welcoming domestic and international drama. Ronald Reagan was elected as president and aerospace technology was heading the forefront of the unknown. Great movie hits like Raiders of the Lost Ark, Back to the Future, E.T., and musical stars like Michael Jackson and Madonna were skyrocketing to fame, but there lurked at least one infamous name that would stalk the shadows for 23 years, the Grim Sleeper. During the 1980s, LAPD were aware of a serial killer or more that was targeting black women who were habitual users of drugs and sex workers. By September 1985, LAPD held a press conference and finally alerted the public to a possible serial killer. This Southside Slayer seemed to be responsible for the deaths of 13 sex workers by stabbing and strangulation between 1983 and 1985. The murders would also be called the Strawberry Murders, as strawberries were considered slang for women exchanging sex for drugs. During this conference... That's kind of cute. It is really cute. cute. It's super cute. (laughs) I also, like in my brain, when I was researching, I was like, okay, so strawberries are women who exchange things, you know, sex for drugs... Are blueberries women who exchange sex for alcohol? Like, is there a term for each exchange? Is it just fruits? Is it vegetables? I kind of went down a rabbit hole. I didn't have time to Google that. But curious minds. Curious minds. During the conference, the LAPD was met with heavy criticism for not releasing information to the press sooner and asking for tips from the public during the time. Margaret Prescott, a Barbadian American activist, would gather other activists for weekly protests outside the police department to pressure them into creating a task force for solving the murders. Margaret would compare the lack of interest in the murders of these black women residing in South Central to the murders of women in upscale neighborhoods committed by Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker. She stated the police's inattentiveness to the case showed attention to the classism and racism they possessed, as the women being murdered were poor, black, sex workers, drug abusers, etc. The LAPD denied these claims, and in January 1986, with a total of 15 murders being linked together, the detectives recruited to the LAPD investigation department became the South side slayer task force police offered a ten thousand dollar reward for information to the cases but the black coalition fighting back serial murders 
led by Margaret Prescott, demanded the LA City Council to increase it to 25000 So it's very much one of those things where it was noticed that white women, um, sometimes minority women who were in higher, like higher societal neighborhoods or jobs or careers were getting more spotlight on either their murders, their kidnappings, you know, attacks. And these black women who they essentially were being considered scum were not even being looked into. They were just like, oh, another woman murdered on the side of the street and in an alleyway. Oh, she's You know, she was just, you know, a subject, a victim of a pimp, a victim of this. So it was really, really prominent and just showed a lot of the societal classism, societal racism that these young women in South Central were being victims of themselves. So, and that was just to kind of bring that to light as well. It's still relatively happening today as a lot of people are are reflecting on certain cases a lot more than other cases that are happening exactly at the same time or even more horrendous than a particular case may be. And yet the white woman syndrome is taking over and all the news articles are talking about the white woman that was attacked versus the black woman that was attacked. And they could have the same exact MO, same exact everything, but it's, again, white woman syndrome. And that's a coined term. That yeah. is a true thing. Please Google it. It's It was incredibly, it was, for me, it was just a wealth of knowledge. So highly recommend taking that dive. Always good to good to get more knowledge. Always educating. You know, I... Mm-hmm. What I say today could be horribly wrong tomorrow or in 10 years, and I am happily willing to admit that, but I will always try to make sure that I'm educated on what I'm talking about as as much as I can, you know? That's the point. Yeah. We're all just learning. We're constantly learning, constantly um, finding out new things, correcting mm. ourselves, you know? My, my partner's mother likes to say, life is a classroom, so the point of it is to continuously teach yourself as well as mm-hmm. teach others and it's just a really beautiful yes. way to like think about life so pass pass that on life is a classroom so it wasn't until later in the year that investigators started to think more than one killer was responsible for the 15 plus women found dead there would be conflicting mo's or modus operandi and descriptions provided to the police. Police suspected that at least four serial killers were causing havoc for the women in South Central LA due to this new revelation and severe lack of results. Despite the excessive manpower and resources, the task force would thin out in 1987 and the task force commander, Lieutenant John Zorn, told the LA Times in December, quote, the flow of clues is almost non-existent at this point. The police grouped their murders spanning this time frame into different types. In 1983, or in 1988, three women, Judith Simpson, Cynthia Walker, and Latanya Johnson, were all shot with a 9mm caliber pistol, and police suspected this to be the work of one killer. One suspect was charged, but those were later reversed, and these cases still remain unsolved. Police would link their murders via stabbing into a group, 
and those by strangulation into another. LAPD would successfully link four serial killers to these crimes and calculated that some murders were unfortunately the result of women's clients, pimps, or specific individual cases, just not the work of a serial killer. There was a particular group of women that were joined together by the common MO, still unsolved, still unaccounted, and all were shot with a 25 caliber handgun in the chest at close range. We cut to August 10th, 1985, where the first known victim, Deborah Ronette Jackson, was shot three different times with the 25 caliber handgun. She was found, as an investigator described, discarded like a piece of garbage in an alleyway. And this Mother of Three's case eventually went cold. It was then linked to August 1986, murder of Henrietta Wright, linked by the forensic firearm examinations. It wouldn't be until the new year when a male tipster alerted the police to a body being tossed into another alleyway, which they were able to track the license plate to a van belonging to a church with the keys accessible to practically anyone. Police would then question how the caller would know that the license plate number, remember it, recognize the victim was a woman, and be able to connect everything together in terms of like she's dead it's you know this was a murder etc police were able to collect saliva and semen from the victim and using the mo link it to the previous two victims it was barbara bethune ware who was found on the january 10th 1987 and she was followed by bernita rochelle sparks found on april 15th 1987 mary Catherine lowe found on november 1st 1987, Laquica Denise Jefferson, found on January 30th, 1988, Alicia Monique Alexander, found on September 11th, 1988, and these were all the confirmed killings from the 1980s of the Grim Sleeper. Presumed or suspected linked deaths would be Sharon Alicia Dismuk, found on January 15th, 1984, considered technically the first victim. Thomas Sylvester Steele, found on January, or found on August 14th, 1986, and Irene Elizabeth Warren, who was found on August 15th, 1988. Some of these victims had bullet wounds indicating they were still shot while in the car, and there was one victim that would stand out from this list of Grim Sleeper killings during the 1980s. So far, like, that's that's a lot of women. That's a lot of... Yeah. A lot of murder. There's a lot of murder. And they... The researches that I did, they did list the four serial killers that were linked to the other murders, but all the women mm-hmm. that I just named and the one gentleman, they are all linked specifically to the Grim Sleeper. And he ended up being listed as one of the most prolific serial killers in our time. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I... Yeah, he's a lot of bodies under his belt. Oh, yeah. And we're not done. That's, uh... Oh, no. That's the 1980s. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. The one that would stand out, November 19th, 1988... A woman was walking to a friend's house when Orange Ford Pinto pulled up next to her and offered a ride. The woman declined, and the man spouted, quote, That's what you get with you black women. People can't be nice to you. This prompted the walking woman to change her mind. 
feeling a little sorry for her driver. And she said that she genuinely felt that she was rude to him and he just seemed that he wanted to be polite. The driver was dressed in a button-up shirt, khakis, and in his 30s. The car ride was relatively smooth, no red flags, and conversation was within comfortable boundaries. And it wasn't until the car took a wrong turn that 30-year-old Anitra Margaret Washington started thinking something was wrong. He then started calling her someone else's name, going off on a rant and threatening to kill her if she yelled or screamed. Suddenly, a 25 caliber semi-automatic handgun was drawn and fired. Anitra reached for the door, not sure what had happened, when the driver said, quote, you open that door, bitch, and I'll shoot you again. Anitra <laughs> didn't realize she was shot in the chest until that moment, stating she felt no pain. But when she asked why he had shot her and then requested to, take, to be taken to the hospital, her soon-to-be killer said that she had disrespected him and he refused to take her. After which, Anitra soon passed out. That's so scary. I would be mortified. And the fact that she didn't feel any pain. I don't know if it was like her adrenaline had kicked in. And you know when that happens, like you just, everything kind of numbs you down. You're not sure what's going on. You're yeah. just in that moment. So I don't know if that was happening or shock or maybe it didn't really hurt. She didn't see it. Like you don't know that you are yeah, cut until like you the... see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of like when, when kids fall and you're not supposed to react to it and they're fine. Right. Like, you're like, oh, yay! Maybe that mindset, but... If a kid falls and you're like, (gasps) then they're like... Immediate. (laughs) Right. So he wasn't making a big deal out of it, because he was like, well, I shot her anyway, so whatever. Yeah. But it, like, just the thought of, like, oh, I was shot? Like, I don't know how I would... I've never been shot, but who? No. She was probably just freaking out, trying to be like, I, I need to leave. Mm-hmm. I need to leave. For sure. That's all your mind thinks about, so it blocks out everything else. Right. You are planning, your body's planning to run. You're in that fight or flight. Yeah. You're trying to get out. You're trying to move forward. So your body's shutting off things it doesn't need, i.e. Yeah. pain receptors, because if you're needing to run, who cares that you were shot in the chest? Right. It's like that, that can wait for a minute. This is what we need to do. Um, we're going to put a pause on bleeding and yeah. feeling any sort of discomfort. We're going to focus all of our energies to breathing and running. Could just stick a bookmark in that. That would be great. We'll put a pin in pain. <laughs> yeah. Put a pin in that. I hope my body does that if that ever happens. Just puts a pin in it. I'm sure it will because you're just like, got to go, got to go, got to go. Don't have time for this. Gotta go, gotta you go, gotta go. Get right out now. of that situation. Yeah. It's kind of like when you, like, something dangerous happens and then you're calm throughout the whole thing and then you have the after panic after you're safe and everything's fine. Yes. Like car accidents. Panic? Yes. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. car accidents. I was in a car accident. I was, I had Bluetooth and I was driving down the street. It was really, really rainy. And I was talking to my partner and I was like planning dinner. So I was like, I'm on my way home from work. Okay, you're going in for training. That's great. 
and I came across a yellow flashing light and it wasn't just me on the road there was multiple other people and we slowed Mm -hmm. down people turned and then we went forward because we didn't have a flashing red we just had flashing yellow so when we moved forward a car in the uh, perpendicular line cross traffic hit me and continued driving I fishtailed, I went into the median, I hit a pole, I almost hit the tree, and I did scream, which alerted him to like, okay, I'm turning around, like, where are you? And immediately I was like, I feel okay, you know where I am, I'm gonna call my job to tell him I'm not coming in tomorrow, I'm going to call my mom so that she, you know, she needs to come get me. She can, depending on how far, you know, he was and stuff. And then I called my boss and the first thing he was like, oh my God, are you okay? Did you call the cops? And I was like, no, not yet. And he was like, why? And I was like, well, I just had to talk to you. I have to come in for training tomorrow and I don't think I can do that. And he was like, call the cops why aren't you freaking out like and I was like oh I'm I feel like I I'm calm I feel okay and he was like I don't think you are so (laughs) yeah it's definitely like your your body either knows that you're in immediate danger or that the danger isn't as severe as like you previously think it can be so like your survival mode gets turned on to like let me knock out one two three and then let me focus on panicking when I'm at home and I don't have to still drive. Yeah. Yeah, it waits until you're in a, a semi-safe environment where you could panic and not have to fight for your life. For real. I know, like, that night, you know, police did come, you know, no ambulance. But, like, when my parents showed up, they were like, again, you're just, you're just, like, routine. And I was like, to be fair... I was hit. I did not hit anyone. <laughs> Someone hit me. Now, mind you, this was also my second accident in three months when someone backed into me. So 2018 was a very, very heavy year for me. Let's just say that. It was a lot. <laughs> but yes. Well, the important thing is you was okay. Yes. But that's that's exactly what you were saying. Like, your mind just kind of takes over and gets yeah gets shit done for, to protect you. Yeah. So, when Anitra woke up, after passing out from either shock or blood loss, she remembered him standing over her, taking pictures, a signature move from the killer. She passed out again and woke up to him raping her. That's when she felt the pain as it felt like she was being crushed. Towards the end, she somehow managed to get the car door open in time for Lonnie Franklin Jr., to push her out of his car and into an alley. And Nitra managed to walk to her friend's house, which was still nearby, to pass out on the front porch and be promptly rushed to the hospital. She remembers waking up under a sheet, thinking that she actually had died. And Nitra's life was saved as the bullet was deflected by her ribcage, barely missing her heart. It wouldn't be for another 12 years before the lone survivor from a confirmed list of 10 victims by the Grim Sleeper was able to stand as a witness during the trial and eventual conviction of Lonnie Franklin Jr. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. The fact, again, like oh she God. walked to her friend's house, 
was like, I need you to like open the door, passed out. And they yeah. were like, oh, hey, the door. And she was able to be saved because her body deflected a bullet. It, yeah. It's incredible. And the fact that she managed to remember him so well that when she stood at trial, her testimony was so convincing that she was like, I have zero doubt in my mind that this is the man that attacked me. Zero doubt. Yeah. Yep. Oh my god. She is an incredible person. Her, I read her interviews yes. and everything. She's just incredible. Like she, she was. Her body was on top of it. It was like, nope. This is what we're gonna do. We'll get mm-hmm. you here. Her body right. was like, it's yeah. not time. We got, we got yeah. shit to do, Mama. We got to get up. Yeah. We had, we yeah, had to okay. go to barney's birthday party tomorrow like what are you what yeah. are you doing we gotta we got kids we got we got loved ones we can't do this right now there's a sale death is not in the schedule death is not in the schedule we did not plan for this we thought we were yeah. making up time because we got a fun car ride that turned out to be a not fun car ride so we just no scheduled schedule time frame yes and it's also uh everybody i hope you know this but if somebody offers you a car ride and you don't know them, don't take it. Please don't. Even if they like make you feel like you're being rude. Who cares? Don't take it. <laughs> Who cares if you're rude? Don't. You don't need to be polite. You don't know that person. Just be safe. You don't owe them anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Be safe. No, thank you. I, have you ever been like that person where you're like at a store and like, or for me, it's particularly when I'm at the gas pumps. So like I'll be at the gas pump and someone will like drive up next to me and like I just get a weird vibe as usual and they're like, mm-hmm. "Hey, do you live around here?" Oh, yeah. Okay, so it hasn't happened yet at gas pumps, but um my uncle lives fairly close to where I work, so sometimes um in the summertime he used to walk to his house. So there's been many times like random guys would pull over and be like do you live here? Like, do you need a ride somewhere? Where are you going? Is there anybody with you? And I'm like, <laughs> no, that's terrifying. It's very scary. No, no, thank you. People would would truly be like, oh, I'm just asking for directions. I just, and I'm like, I don't care. You literally have a smart computer in your pocket. Yeah. Use that. Although I don't, mm. I don't know where to go. That's not my problem. I don't know you. Go inside to the gas station person who clearly works here and therefore knows some area. True. Uh, yeah, hate... please be safe, everybody. There's some sketchy people in the world and they use tactics to try to get you close to them. Just just keep doing your thing. Make it home. Don't talk to anybody mm-hmm. you don't know. And if you are a teenager or a child and a grown person is asking you for help, Yes. Run the other way. Run as fast as you can. Do not. They don't need your help. I'm not saying that no. because you're not helpful. I'm saying that because they're not asking you for help. Again, they have a smart computer yeah. in their pocket. And two, they really needed help. They know who to call. And it's not yeah. It's not a 10-year-old child. I'll tell you that much. There are people that can help them. You are, you are not one of those people. Nope. Enjoy your ice cream truck googly-eyed spongebob popsicle (laughs) yeah and walk away and walk away find a friend find a friend and if you don't know a friend then um find an adult you do know yeah or there's a chick that always worked for me what you know there's a lot of creepy people whatever i used to walk around a lot is the point um but sometimes when people would ask me like oh where are you going or whatever i'd be like i live here and then 
I would walk kind of halfway up people's driveway and wait for them to leave and then go back on my merry way. That's so smart. Yeah, just find a safe place. That's so smart. Or you're just like, oh, I am meeting my friend and just walking up. Hi, these people are weird. Can you please just let me in for two seconds? Thank you. Bye. True. Hopefully the person that you're doing that to, like, you know, is a neighbor, you know, you've met them a couple of times and hopefully they're not a secret psychopath. Oh God, that, that'd be so scary. Yeah. Escape one psychopath just to walk into another one. Just to walk into another one. Let's not Uh, do that. What are the odds? Quite, probably quite plausible, let's be honest. Quite plausible. You know what? To be fair. To be fair. To be fair. (laughs) Okay. So a little bit about Lonnie David Franklin Jr. He was born on August 30th, 1952, and grew up in South Central LA. Franklin was ranked as a corporal in the U.S. Army and was dishonorably discharged on July 24th, 1975, after a conviction of gang raping a 17-year-old in West Germany back in April 1974. This happened as the young girl was stopped by Franklin and two other servicemen asking for directions and then offered her a ride home. Right after she accepted the ride, the men put a knife to her throat, drove to a nearby field, and then raped her repeatedly. The teen had quick thinking, however, and was a badass, She pretended to be interested in Franklin and asked for his phone number, which was later used to identify him by the police. During the assault, one of the rapists had taken photographs of her, which we can tell had been adopted by Franklin by the telling of Anitra's attack. In 1978, Franklin married and had two kids, and in 1989, he was convicted of two theft charges, one misdemeanor assault, and one charge of battery. He seemed, just from the records I could find, to only serve time for one of the theft charges. He was placed um, during a portion of time later in 2000s. He was placed on like probation for a different assault charge, but that's not like specifically in this time frame. After serving his time in the military, Franklin worked as a city trash collector in L.A. and the garage attendant slash mechanic between 1981 and 1988 at one of the LAPD stations. It seemed his attempt at murdering a nature of Washington either gave him pause, either in fear of being caught, or he discovered new ways to hide evidence and bodies, And so the next victim was not found until December 28, 2000. Her name was Georgia Mae Thomas, and she was presumed to be one of Franklin's victims after his arrest. Due to the long stretch of time between the last known killing and attack in 1988, this is how Franklin became known as the Grim Sleeper, coined by the LA Weekly. His youngest victim, at only 15 years old, was Princess Cheyenne Bartholomew. Born, uh, she was found March 19, 2002. Valerie Louise McCorvey, July 11, 2003, was the second to last victim to be found. Two other victims, or possible victims, Aaliyah Gabzada Marshall, last seen in February 2005, 
and Rolina Morris was last seen on September 5th, 2005. They both were missing and their bodies have never been found. They are only suspected due to the evidence found in Franklin's garage after he was arrested, Aaliyah's school ID, and Rolina's driver's license and signature trophy pictures of her. It was on New Year's Day, 2007, when the last victim was identified as Janika Lavette Peters in Gramercy Park, Los Angeles. She was found in a dumpster in an alley with the fatal wound caused by a 25 caliber gun. Investigators were able to retrieve DNA from her body and was linked to the previous murders of Valerie McCorvey and Princess Bethalmew. The cold cases from 1984 to 2007 all had genetic links to them and had the same manner of death, similar locations that they were found. Investigators tried entering the DNA into CODIS and there was still no connection. In 2007, the newest revolution of DNA connection was familial DNA tracing, which still was not able to bring up a lead. Even though the police were able to link all these murders together, the police still withheld this knowledge from the public and the Los Angeles Police Department also did not inform the victims' families that their murders were linked with those in the previous Grim Sleeper murders. For most families and the public, the first time hearing about this discovery would be from LA's Weekly, LA Weekly's article written by Christine Palisk in 2008. Wow, they didn't even... Nope. They didn't even form... Oh my god. They didn't even... <laughs> I don't get that. Yeah, they found, you know, people from 2003, they found the last few bodies and they were like, oh yeah, these are all connected together to these other ones from like 1985. Cool. It's the same person pretty much or a copycat, but we're not going to tell the families that they're all connected and we will never find their murderer at this point because we don't have any connection. It's, yeah. It's so ridiculous. That's the only word I can think of. For them to, like, find out through, like, a an article, that's, that's wild. Oh, for sure. And the fact that, again, there's now a serial killer on the loose. Yeah. Who, like, reemerged, and they are still not talking about it. Like, they didn't they have trouble with this back on the first time around? Where they were like, hey, like, yeah. we had activists every week on our front door pissed off. That we weren't doing anything. Hmm. It's just. Let's give that another try. <laughs> no. It, yeah. Second time's the charm. It's just frustrating. But it would be three more years until the police finally got the lead that they were looking for. 28 year old Christopher Franklin was arrested for weapons possession between 2008 and 2010. There was no specific date everyone like literally all of the resources that i had they were like yeah christopher franklin was arrested in 2010 and then his you know dna was put in oh no he his dna was put in in 2010 but he was arrested in 2008 and i was like this doesn't make any sense there was even 2009 thrown in there so i just his he was arrested and put in prison (laughs) Uh, what was definitive was that in july of 2010 Investigators of the 800 Task Force, which was created in secret in 2007 for these killings specifically, were able to get a DNA genetic familial 
match. Supposedly the first successful time a familial DNA search was used. Christopher Franklin was the son of Lonnie Franklin Jr. The reason why Franklin's DNA match, the reason why Franklin's DNA never hit a match in any database, but his sons did after 2007, was because Franklin's DNA was never collected during any of his time in prison. When he was arrested on felony charges and serving three years of probation in 2003, voters actually passed Proposition 69 in 2004. This proposition required DNA to be collected from all felons and anyone else arrested on specific charges. Franklin's DNA should have been collected during that time frame. However, probation officers did not collect samples from people on unsupervised probation between November 2004 and August 2005 when the department finally had enough resources. So it was a literal, like... They had him, and they should have definitely had him for when he was in the military, and he was doing the whole thing, and they didn't. And the lack of that, if it actually was done, so many women could have been saved. Yeah! And that was... Do your jobs, people! (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! I just, there's so many times, so many times, you know this, Ash, that we were watching something, and we're like excuse (laughs) like why is it this done the simplest of things and it's not done yeah like just do it and it could have saved you so much time could have saved and the fact that he was arrested and put on probation and the probation officers were like "Eh," like you're not actually in jail like we don't really need it but we do need it like "Eh." we don't have the amount of people that we need to take it and then just never followed up like (laughs) Yeah. Why? So much trauma and sadness could have been avoided. Yeah. So, I mean, hopefully this never happens again. I mean, hopefully true crime and murders and everything like that does happen on a regular basis, but at least people doing their job would be better. Just overall. Yes. Do your job. Do your job. And don't You're supposed to collect the thing, collect the thing. Don't murder and do your job. Literally, just... don't murder and do your job. If your job is murder, don't do your job. <laughs> yeah, well, then what kind of job are you in? Yeah. So now that the police had hit a familial DNA connection and Christopher Franklin was too young to commit the murders, they focused on his father and surveilled him for 24 hours. Since they weren't sure when the next time the Grin Sleeper would take another victim, they knew they had to get an official DNA sample to make the official arrest. Undercover officers finally had their best chance. Pizza. The officers (laughs) followed Franklin to a birthday party in an L.A. restaurant, pretended to be the cleaning crew or busboys in order to obtain his cup and plate, which had a leftover pizza crust left on it. The crust itself had enough saliva to retrieve DNA evidence in order to charge Franklin of at least 10 murders and Lonnie Franklin Jr. was arrested on July 7th, 2010 and held without bail. Yeah. Are you happy? Also, I know this isn't true, but it just makes me happy imagining all these, like, police people still in their, like, police uniforms, but just with, like, the the hats and, like, fake mustaches just waiting, watching this guy eat pizza. They're in their regular, like, beat cop (laughs) uniform, and they're wearing, like, a Weenie (laughs) Hut Jr. 
hat and like the really yeah. shitty like stick on mustache and glasses yeah. they're wearing glasses yeah. you can't tell who i am if i wear glasses yeah they're just like not even like mopping the floor but the mop's not wet and they're just watching this person eat pizza they're like we it's got upside now, down boys. yeah they're... we got him now we're so smart guys we're watching him <laughs> And, like, he takes a bite, and then they just walk over. Are you done? And he's like, uh, no. They're like, oh, are you sure? That pizza's now bad. You just took one bite. You don't need that pizza slice anymore. It's bad. Are you happy that pizza (laughs) came back and made, like, a comeback? (laughs) Yes, I am extremely happy. I, when I read that, I was like, the pizza made a redemption. It didn't do anything in the previous story, but it makes a redemption. (laughs) I'm so happy. After his arrest, LAPD searched Franklin's home for three days. Criminalist Rafael Garcia discovered the murder weapon of Janica Peters, an FIE Titan 25 caliber semi-automatic pistol. Um, I saw a little article say that it was called a pocket pistol, so I was imagining mm-hmm. it to be relatively tiny, honestly. Like, he mm-hmm. kind of fit it in his pocket, and then he was like, like quick draw, which is how Anitra <laughs> didn't see it the first time. Yeah. Yeah, true. Another examiner. Hmm? And just like a little... Pew, 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 pew. Another examiner found the Polaroid picture of Anisha Washington and the garage were almost 1,000 vulgar photos of teenagers and adults, all black women, all black women, several hours of video and jewelry trophies were located. Police were able to confirm the bodies and victims Police were able to confirm the bodies and pictures of the victims they had already found, but they did start to believe that the 14-year break really wasn't a break for Franklin at all. After releasing photos of 180 women to the public in an attempt to help identify them, Police Chief Charlie Beck said, quote, These people are not suspects. We're not even, we don't even know if they are victims, but we do know this. Lonnie Franklin's reign of terror in the city of Los Angeles, which spanned over two decades, culminating with almost a dozen murder victims, certainly needs to be investigated further. One of Franklin's friends, Ray Davis, would later testify that these women were a common topic of conversation between them, as it seemed Franklin would promote the women as girlfriends, conquests, or otherwise willing. Ray would say Franklin would have nicknames for each woman, depending on what their breasts look like, and even though Franklin himself never smoked weed, he would always have a stash on hand for said girlfriends. So he literally was parading them around, showing pictures, poses, whatever, to his friends. And obviously, you being a friend with someone, like you're not going to imagine the absolute worst. Right. Even if your friend's married... You know, if he's getting a little extra side piece, then all right, you like you have you, you do you, boo. Like, obviously, I don't condone cheating. Have a communication no, with yeah, your yeah. partner, but I'm just saying, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're they're just two guys just talking and talking about like they could have been conquests from before he was married, although he was married for 32 years, so probably not. Um, just things things like that. Maybe they were an open relationship. Yeah. Whoever, it's just the fact that like. I'm imagining being Ray and having buddy-buddy conversations for 20 years 
with my friend about all the girls that he's, you know, meeting up with and having fun with to then later realize, oh, he showed me dead bodies. He showed me, like, some of the pictures, I will say, like, some of the pictures, the women are smiling. They seem to be, like, those awkward picture poses where someone pulls up a Polaroid and they're like, smile! And you're like, oh, hey, okay. Weird. So some of them kind of look like that, and then some of them not so much. So I'm not sure if there were just certain poses that were shown to Ray or whatever, but I would be in such a weird mental state after learning that my friend, my childhood friend, was showing me pictures of women that he murdered. I would not trust anyone after that. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, honey, it's time for our family portrait. No, I have a thing against pictures. You know this, Martha. I can't deal with it. Yeah. Please leave me alone. Whew. Six additional women were added to Franklin's list of potential victims on November 3rd, 2011, two of which would be during that 14-year break. Again, Aaliyah Gabzada Marshall and Reliana Morris, whose bodies were never found, were two of these six added to the list. Also, Thomas Sylvester Steele is the only known male possible victim, and Franklin is never convicted of this particular murder. It is suspected that the only reason he was killed was either he was a friend of another victim, witnessed a murder, or he discovered Franklin's identity. I will say Thomas was found two days after... Uh, He was found two days after, it looks like, the Henrietta case. So he was, like, right after them. It's very scary to think that he could have been, like, her friend. You know, he ran away and maybe, you know, Lonnie found him after the fact. Who knows? But it's, it's definitely one of those where he just stands out just a little bit. Just because of the fact that he's not the the victim stereotype for Lonnie. Yeah. Finally, in February 2016, the trial began. Prosecutors were quick to describe him as a sexual predator who killed women who were dominant or not submissive enough. Beth Silverman, one of the lead prosecutors, stated that it was clear he got pleasure from the murders and he, quote, Definitely wanted to degrade these women by dumping their bodies like trash. He got off on that too, and that is why he did it over and over. It gave him gratification. Defense tried. It's super horrible. The fact that he treated everyone like trash. Like, literally pushed people out of the alleyway. Yeah. Mm -mm. Defense tried what they could, even stating that the DNA extracted from the pizza crust should be dismissed because of, quote, reasonable expectation of privacy for individuals, including when eating in public. However, the claim that discarded or trashed food being private was overruled, and the DNA evidence stood. The true icing on the cake was in Rita's (laughs) testimony and positive identification of her attacker. This led to Franklin being officially found guilty on 10 first-degree murders, one attempted murder on May 5th, 2016, almost three months after the trial began, and one day of jury deliberation. The reason it was only 10 convictions and not the full 16 of the murders linked to him 
is due to insufficient evidence or since evidence was not found until after the arrest, the prosecutors did not want to delay the trial any longer than needed. And as of 1978, California reinstated capital punishment and this led to Franklin's sentencing on June 6th, 2016, where a jury sentenced him to death and again on August 10th, 2016, when the Superior Court sentenced him on each individual victim's count by name. That would actually also be the anniversary of his first known victim's death of Deborah Ronette Jackson. So just oh my God. perfect, like, closing of a chapter, if you will. Yeah. Lonnie Franklin Jr., aged 67, would be on death row until March 28th, 2020 when he was found unresponsive at 7.20 p.m. and at 7.43 pronounced dead in his cell at San Quentin State Prison. There is no cause of death reported as of the 2021 end of the year, it seemed, but there were no true signs of trauma or apparent harm. The fifth victim's uh, Barbara Ware's stepmother, Diane Ware, told People Magazine, quote, I won't say I'm pleased he died, but at the end, there was justice for all the bad things he did in his life. We can now be at peace. As of today, 30 women out of the 180 are still unaccounted for or remain unnamed. The LAPD are still looking for any leads or tips on identifying these women. And if you think you can help, please visit their web archive. You can actually... Uh, just kind of Google Grim Sleeper Unnamed Victims, and it should actually take you to the LAPD's database. Um, I'll definitely share the link on a Twitter post at MHMPod so that you can easily activate it, find it, follow it. And if you do have any tips, hints, any even the locations they're trying to help pinpoint to see if maybe that's where the women you know, their bodies are, anything of that nature, anything is helpful. And that is my retelling of the grim sleeper, Lonnie Franklin Jr. and his horrendous killing spree from the 1980s to early 2000s. That's crazy. So many people. Mm-hmm. As I said, he became one of the most prolific and well-known killers of the time and when I was looking at him he has a familiar face like he's one of those faces where like you kind of look at it and you're like oh I've seen like this person on tv it could have been that I recognize him from like a news article or like a newscasting you know when he died in 2020 something of that nature but he just has a very familiar face but overall he is he is one of the most prolific black male serial killers. His targeted victims were black women of the South Central area, just preying on anyone that he could get his hands on. And I'm glad he's dead. I'm glad that mm-hmm. he justice was found overall and that he's not using any more of the country's resources. Yeah. Just an opinion. They did say that there's, like, uh, since California's law was reinstated, there are 86 
on death row and like 14 have died from natural causes something like that and I was Mm -hmm. just thinking like why why is it such a long time before yeah you're finally put to death if that makes sense I I definitely don't believe someone who you know was arrested for marijuana I don't think anyone should be arrested for marijuana but I don't think people of that nature should be put on death row but I don't know the the ins and outs of like why if your son's on death row in like 2016 why are you still not put to death by 2020 right and there are people who you know were arrested and put on death row from 1977 and they're still alive and still on death row so it doesn't really make any sense to me as to have a law but not plan it out like follow it correctly i don't know maybe one day that'll be an episode where we just kind of go over the capital punishment and like where it came to be and why it does take so long like is there particular loops and holes and things that they have to jump through in order to get that taken care of because essentially they are taking someone else's life but in a court ruling so that was that's 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 crazy that's crazy i'm glad the the pizza was not dismissed as a was a that was a key player there I love the fact that as soon as I was like the defense attorney and you were like, no, they can't take the pizza away. Outraged. I was like, how dare they? That pizza did work. Okay. It did. The fact that they had cups, they had glasses, they had all sorts of things and they used the pizza to get a match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's not, that's not, uh, not very good. You take it while he's eating. Uh, it's to solve murders. What do you mean? Right. Well, the thing is that in your own home, so from my understanding of just trash, because I'm a garbage <laughs> human, <laughs> I'm Same. still a piece of garbage. Um, Thanks for checking in. Still a piece of garbage. That's my favorite. But <laughs> essentially, if you're in your home and you discard food, and you put Mm -hmm. it in your garbage can, in your driveway, it is still your property. As soon as you put it on the street, you are officially letting it go, and the street is public property. I see, I see. So that's why people shop on the curb for furniture, just for like a heads up, like, oh, this person is giving away a bookshelf. They put it on the curb. It's considered public property. Because if it's still in your garage, if it's still in your driveway, like we have a little section in our driveway where like the air conditioner is and then the garbage cans are supposed to reside, you know, HOA and all that. Yeah. How dare we all have garbage cans exposed. But, (laughs) but, you know, you still have the option to go out and collect your garbage. You still can be like, oh, I threw a box away and I didn't mean to throw it away. You know, you can go out and grab it. Right. But once you put it on the street, you already have set that forth, that in, that intention of, I'm f- letting this go. I'm letting people take care of it. So mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what it is. But in the public sense, yes, at your when you're eating it and you're effectively using it, that's your item. But as soon as right. you throw it for the trash and you let the waiter take it, you're removing all your responsibility and ownership over that thing. Because it was never yours to begin with. Food, obviously, but you're discarding your food because you don't want that. Yeah. So I think that's how they kind of wheedled their way through that. Like, oh, well, it was a public place. Like, we didn't go in your house. We didn't, 
you know, steal your cereal bowl. Yeah, they didn't wait for him to take a few bites and be like, yoink, ha Just Scooby-Doo it. Just rip it out of his hand. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so I'm... It was a hefty, hefty one, but I'm... Yeah. I'm so happy. Oh, there's so, there's so, many peoples, so many people, so many people that died. I wanted to focus on each name and each day that they were discovered because I didn't want to I, d- I didn't want to be just like oh well yeah he killed 10 people right like each person has a name each person yeah. had a story and each one of them had a little bit more to add and the fact that you know princess Bartholomew she was the youngest victim at 15 I think his next victim younger than her uh, almost as young as her was 19 so they're they all have voices and i love the fact that the superior court charged him on the anniversary of the first convicted murderer's body like death day essentially the body she was found august 10th but they Uh also read out and sentenced him to death for each murder yeah by name i loved that i was like yes yeah bring that guilt hammer down bring that judgment upon him that's what don't do murder you should not do it oh no what's that it's the consequences of your action how dare we have consequences how dare <laughs> listen, listen, listen. don't do bad things you're gonna get got eventually honestly you're not wrong i heard where did i hear this from where someone was like don't do the crime when you can't do the time and I was like, that I don't know. I've, I've heard that before, though. <laughs> well, I just recently heard it because they were like, sometimes the crime that you're doing the time for is trash. Again, marijuana possession. It's really not something mm-hmm. that half the country is just like, I don't give a fuck what you do, man. You do you. But yeah. if you're going to do murder, you you don't deserve to be given an opportunity to just kind of like reinvent yourself. Yeah. I will say there are definitely clear cases where self-defense, you know, a mm-hmm. woman protected yeah. herself, a man protected himself. There's there's obviously certain cases. I'm talking about Grim Sleeper murder. I'm talking about Ted Bundy murder. They just did it for fun. Sh- shits and giggles. They don't deserve to be rehabilitated, essentially. I think yeah. that's what some countries try to do is they're like, oh, everyone can be rehabilitated. Not if they did it for thirty years. Do you really think that they're gonna be rehabilitated? Right. If they did it for fun, then uh, I don't think so. Right. And I will. Everyone can change. Everyone has a chance to change. I'm not saying they should be put to death. I'm just saying, you know, sometimes rehabilitation is not the answer. Yeah. Just, just saying that. So, what is just for our closing? Of our podcast sandwich, what is your spoonful of sugar today? Ooh, let me think. Um, I got a new water bottle. That's fancy. Ooh, what kind of water bottle? Um, it's just a big long one. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a, what's it called? A metal one. Ooh. It has Animal Crossing printing on it. It's very cute. I have, I, love it. I have a bougie bottle. Ooh. Have you ever heard of bougie bottle? No. <laughs> I mean, they're very bougie. I'll send you a picture of it. But uh, okay, okay. during during one of my calls on my shift, very nice woman, and we were we were talking, and she apparently created the company. Oh. Not sponsored. 
I don't talk to her anymore. She was very sweet though. And I looked her up in terms of like like her website and immediately I fell in love with them. And I was like, this is actually something that I've been looking to get. And she started her company in 2020 during the pandemic. She she literally laughed and she was like, you know, people would think that I'm an idiot. And I was like, I right, listen, you had nothing else to do. Why not? Yeah. Why yeah. not? But they, their characteristics are that it carries a full bottle of wine. Yes. (laughs) Right? I thought that was incredible. Pretty sure she said a full bottle of wine. It is super cold all the time. Like, it keeps things cold for, I want to say, six to ten hours. And then it keeps things hot for, like, six hours. Like, hot. And... Their prints are incredible. They're like flowers and tropical designs. Uh, I believe of a certain category, they donate a certain portion to tropical birds and everything of that nature. That's nice. They're expensive as fuck, though. Like, for a water bottle, for a water bottle, they're expensive. But damned if I didn't buy one for me, my best friend at the time, my mother, and my sister. Heck yeah. They're, They're that good, so... Um, definitely will. They're made out of stainless steel and they're hand wash only, but it made me drink more water than I thought that I would ever drink. So yeah, highly recommend. Yeah. I do want to see your bottle though. The fact that it's animal crossing tickles me. Oh yeah. I'll send you, I'll send you a picture of it. It's very cute. I kind of don't want to use it because I don't want to mess it up. Like the outside is like a, like a, like a material ish, like a, almost like a fake cushiony leather. Ooh. I don't want to get it dirty because it's a nice mint color. But it's so cute. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a water bottle made out of that kind of material. Well, it's like a metal bottle, but I think the outside wrapping is made out of that stuff. That's pretty cool. I like the fact that you're treating yourself and making sure that you're hydrated. It's always good. Yes. And it's it's always good. And I've been having headaches more with my sickness, so I'm trying to make sure I get all my H2O because those helps a lot. Definitely make sure that you just drink plenty of fluids. Not the 16 glasses of orange juice. (laughs) Don't do that. But definitely 16 glasses of water would be okay. (laughs) 16 glasses of orange juice. Let's go. Please no. Please Blah, 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 blah. (laughs) Just carried around a couple couple, uh, cartons of orange juice. Here we go. I'm set up for the day. Pulp or no pulp? No pulp. Good. Calcium or no calcium? I can't stand pulp. Calcium? Don't you see the ones that have calcium added to them? No. Oh. Don't get them. They taste funny to me. Oh. Yeah, there's stuff. I think it's Florida orange juice where they add extra, like, calcium to it or whatever. It To me, it kind of tastes a little more, like, milk flavored, which I know is probably just my brain, but it definitely tastes like it's a creamy orange juice, and that's not what I want. No. I was gonna say when you said calcium or no calcium, it immediately made my my brain was like, are you talking about milk? Do you have things in your milk? Ash, don't drink that milk. I mean, calcium is in milk, isn't it? Exactly. Blue (laughs) your mind. It's just like what? (laughs) But yeah, I, I think that's it for my school goals. Not a lot happened. Like I said, I've been loafing and trying to recover. So just been pretty much in bed like for the past whatever days, just doing whatever. 
How about your spoonfuls? My spoonful? So earlier, like I said, my friend finally received her Christmas package after a couple of months of me like still buying the things, but also shipping because of the horrible winter storms that have been happening. And she messaged me. We we do a thing called Marco Polo. So you just send like video recordings back to each other and like they're just there whenever you want them. And she sent me them of her opening up all her presents and she was so happy just opening them up and just seeing her smile and then just the fact that she was like, Thank you for sending this, like it was worth the wait. It was worth everything. You know, you got me books that I loved. You got me this. She's like, I things that I didn't even think that you would get, you got. And um, I have a blanket hoodie that was gifted to me from one of my bestest of friends. And I love it so much. So when my friend saw it, she was like, oh, I thought about getting one, but I just didn't know. Like, I don't know what to do or buy or what color I want. So immediately I was like, well, that's a Christmas present. So that... <laughs> And I bought her a purple one that I guess is from a different company altogether because it's not as long as mine is. But she immediately fell in love with it. Her boyfriend fell in love with it. He stole it from her at first. And he was like, does it come in a bigger size? Can I get one? You need to get another one because this one's mine. And like just ran away with it. And she sent, <laughs> she sent a picture to me this morning, and she's all snuggled up with her cat. And she was like, I'm never taking this off. This is my favorite thing in the world. Thank you so much. I love you so much. And I was like, I'm so happy I could bring joy to someone Aww. with just Yay. just a present. So that's my spoonful. Just making someone happy and yeah. knowing that they appreciate the thoughts, the efforts, the time. You know, I have not bought her like proper Christmas presents for I want to say like three years like it's been it's been a hot minute but that's because like I was broke I didn't really have a whole lot of money it was just stress upon stress so I spoiled her I went I bought her like 10 presents I went hard and she was (laughs) I I bought her even a bougie bottle like I went in and she was like it was so worth the wait and I was like, I'm so happy. That's the best, though. It's it's always a good time when you can make people that you love for that uh, day with just, like, I was thinking about you and I got you this thing. Or mm-hmm. even, like, like sharing a meme or a TikTok. You know, just, just the thought behind little things we do for people we love is very cute and it makes people's day. And it's a very nice human tradition that, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I was actually thinking about that earlier. There was a video that I saw uh, that reminded me of one of our mutual friends and they've been going through a tough time lately like they're still very happily and giggly and that's I feel like that's how everyone is you know they're not gonna put on their face like on an outward appearance of like what's really going on and the little video was like hey I just want you to know that I know you're struggling but it'll get better and you're incredible, and you can do it, and you're so strong, and, you know, I'm always here for you, and, like, it was just such a sweet little, like, you can do it kind of little, like, 15-second clip, and I was like, I need to send it to this person, because I love them, and they're doing such a good job, and 
Apparently, I don't have them on a particular platform, so I couldn't send it to them. But I messaged them anyway, and I was like, hey, I'm still here thinking about you, hearts. Oh. <laughs> Sometimes just just little things like that. Like, you don't have to talk to someone every day. You can just very easily just pop in every once in a blue moon, send them, like you said, a TikTok or a meme who's thinking about you today. And it's all nice. It's all good. Yeah, just remind the people that you love that you love them every once in a while. It's it's it's, it's nice. It's a nice surprise for them. Be like, oh. I think that's why we're so mushy, because we understand yeah. that like you should tell the people that you care about them, that you care about them. Like you should tell them. Yeah. Because I am an anxious person and sometimes very self-doubting, and sometimes I'm like I'm igno- I'm annoying. I'm, you know, not liked, I'm not this, I'm not that, even though I know it's far from the truth, because I'm told that. Lies. Lies. <laughs> All the lies. It's always the bad things in your vo- in your head. All the bad things in your head, the bad voices, and that's just all they are. It's just bad voices. And yeah. sometimes just having someone just say how much that... They like hearing my voice, and they're so absorbed. It just makes my whole month brighter. <laughs> we just get, we get stuck in our heads a lot, I feel, as, mm-hmm. as people. So uh, for every once in a while, for one of our friends, or even ourselves, to our friends, to just throw out there like, Hey, I love you, or I miss you, or here's a meme. You know, it's just, it's, it's just nice. There's, there's a lot of love languages. You know, I, I always tell my brother, drive safe, that's our love language. Mm-hmm. Other people, I'll wake up at 4 a.m. and scream at them in text that I love them. And then, you know, you just gotta, just gotta mush on your friends. Mush on everybody. Go out there and mush. Be a mush. mush. Be a mushroom and just mush. Be a mushroom. A mushroom mush. of love. Yeah. Well, thank you for telling me your amazing story. Thank you for being the caddy to my Nessie. Yeah, I did it. I did that. Mm-hmm. I love you. It's <laughs> very cute. You, just... you are the you are the cool rich yeti to my nacho cheese. The cool ranch. I real quick before we end, I actually had cool ranch Doritos, the chips, the other day, and. Yeah. I sent a picture to Skloon and I was like, look at my, look at my, my snack. And immediately she just writes back, Yetis! <laughs> and then our, one of our other friends, he was just like, uh, glass shards. I was like, how dare you, sir? They are cheese triangles and you know better. Yeah. So. Uh, Doritos are part of the Illuminati, confirmed? Absolutely confirmed. What are you talking about? But cryptids are kind of like the... Oh my god, it's all coming together. It all it goes goes through the loops and holes and all the way to the top. Yeah, it's coming together. Area 51 conspiracy theory. <laughs> it's all together. <laughs> that's why That's why we figured out the code name for Bigfoot and Yeti about the, the nacho Doritos. And now they're like, send in the SWAT. Send in the, the men in black. Well, clearly if we don't have an episode after this, you know what happened to us. Yeah. If we don't have an episode after this, everything is real. Everything is real. <laughs> everything is real. You're not a part everything of a simulation. Everything we told you is real is real. You're not a part of a simulation. Uh, this is yep. real life now. And you will you will enjoy it. You'll do it. Perfect. Well, as our quote for today, 
don't do murder, but do your job. Yeah. <laughs> don't do murder, do your job. Bye. Bye. This has been an episode of Murder Horror Monsters. Music produced by Dank with a Stank and Spooky Rose. Research and stories completed by Ash and Skloon. Follow the podcast on Twitter at MHMPod. Join us every Tuesday for new content on Spotify.